This episode is brought to you by freedadcourse.com. You are always one conversation away from changing your life, and the power of hello is something that I subscribe to every single day, and I'm always saying hello to new people everywhere I go. Increasing your opportunity, increasing your connection, and getting access to the solutions to the problems that you are facing, whether you're on active duty or just beginning your veteran transition or even transitioning out for 20 years. On the other side of hello are the solutions that you're looking for. Again, head on over to freedadcourse.com. Get your five-episode audio course to create more connection, create more friendships, and get back to living the life that you're trying to design. Dory 1, this is Fireteam Delta. Dad's coming home. Welcome to the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, where it is our mission to bring every dad home. I am your host, Ben Colloy. I'm a United States Marine veteran, husband, and a father. We will bring authentic conversations to inspire action in your life so we can close the gap between the dad you are today and the dad you want to be tomorrow. This is the Military Veteran Dad Podcast. Today on the show, we have Kyle Houston. He's a good friend of mine. He's a United States Marine husband, dad. He joined the Marine Corps as a listed man from Ohio, went to Ohio the Ohio State University through the MESEP program and is now a captain in the Marine Corps, currently stationed in Okinawa, Japan with his wife and three amazing kids. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks. Good to be here, Ben. Kyle, could you describe a little bit what your family looks right now and any gaps in that intro? So, like you said, I've been uh, married uh, in, for the past 11 years. Uh, I've got two sons, seven and five, and a daughter who keeps me on my toes, and she's about to be four in January. So, yeah, it's been in Okinawa for about a month now, so transitioning the jet lag has finally passed, and we're going to be here for three years, and looking forward to get everything we can out of this island. And the funny part is, is Okinawa, where we and you both met, that we were both stationed there over 10 years ago when I was an enlisted man, and you were also an enlisted man before you crossed over. And yes. we, we chewed the same dirt and uh, became friends, and actually helped you through when you lost your dad and even was in your wedding when I got home. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's our old stomping grass. Now, I will say that I have not returned to the old, was a Western world, that country line dancing club that you drug me to. That's I not did my not forte, drag you. You so wanted you to did. go. You were just waiting for someone to push you. <laughs> absolutely not. And All then you were, like a, you were like a natural. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I got two left feet. No. <laughs> I'll pay someone over there if I have to. I don't know. I don't have you know. even confirmed if it's open still? No, I, I have no need to. I'm, I'm not going to. I can't two step like you. If I can't do it as good as you, I'm not even going to try. I'll Google map it for you just to see if it's still there. <laughs> I'm sure it is because I'm sure there's still enough Texans over there that need to dance. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Kyle, when you hear the words come home, what do those mean to you? So I would say coming home for me. There's so many distractions in the world for us, you know, as dads, or even as just as human beings now, you know, we have the, the, the wonderful technology of smartphones, which, which is amazing. And it's not necessarily evil in and of itself, but man, it can be such a distraction that, you know, you get home from a, a, a hectic day at work and sometimes you just want to unwind. And an easy way for us to do that now is just getting distracted in a smartphone or, or, or your tablet or, or TV or something. Uh, and, and completely neglecting the people that need you most, you know, as, as a Marine, you know, our Marines, you know, as a leader, you know, our Marines need us, but I would say even more importantly, our family needs us, our wives need us. 
uh, our children absolutely need us, especially in today. Um, so coming home, uh, in my opinion, is putting as many distractions away as possible, having focused and dedicated time that we were intentional about what we do with our families, whether it's, you know, something as simple, but almost seems archaic in generations now is having dinner at the table. Uh, a lot of people we eat, you know, you know, dinner watching TV and, and, and what we've found is we've invited people over, friends over, uh, and even friends of the kids that come over and they're blown away by the fact that we have dinner around the table. Uh, so I think that's uh, something that we try to guard as best as possible for our family, knowing that even if it's something simple as eating a meal together and talking, that's extremely important. And I hate having any type of electronic at the dinner table. Like we have to put those away, focus on our family, you know, for that short amount of time. If that's at a minimum, that's, that's what we guard and protect. I love the dinner table. It's the same for me growing <laughs> up on a farm that was always chores were done, dad would come in, dinner was on a table. And so it was kind of a natural progression to always be there. And yep. so it's natural progression for me now as a dad, but it is something that, especially even the kids that are in later in life, there's so many sports. And as yeah. I have three younger kids and I am scared to death when sports eats me alive, I'm just scared to, to have my life consumed by sports. And I mean, I meet dads that they're traveling across three states over every weekend for baseball. And I'm just like, I can't even mm -hmm. imagine that type of commitment. And those are the commitments that get in the way of that connection at the dinner table. Absolutely. You know, and you know, I grew up playing baseball for well, pretty much every sport all year round. We have sports going on and uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I enjoyed my childhood growing up playing sports, but I've you know done some reflection on whether I want that for my family or not. I'm all about sports. I, you know, actually my, five-year-old the internet started his first year of t-ball and he's super pumped and he's actually pretty good at it so but what i've you know and i talked to an old coach of mine uh probably a year or two ago and one of his regrets was um not taking his son to do other things other than sports you know but connecting going to a campground and just camping out you know or going hunting or fishing or, or something where it's just him and his son He's like, you know, we had great times playing baseball, but man, we missed out on a lot traveling all over the place. So I think there's got to be a balance. Uh, sports are great uh, and, I, and I enjoy them. I, I can't wait to watch my kids play. But I think uh, I, 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 I dial it down from what I played growing up to allow our family to connect and, and to get closer as, as we grow as a family. I'm a big believer that kids spell love, T-I-M-E, and so forth, call them time bombs, and they're quick hacks to help you make an impact quickly. What are some few time bombs that you use to make an impact with your kids that are the simple things that we usually overcomplicate as dads, but have the hugest impact on your kids because it's just you and him spending time? Yeah. So, I, you know, one example comes to mind. We were in Maryland, um, and I, I'm sure a lot of people have seen that Disney movie uh, Up, or Pixar, mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Uh, you know, where they, at the very end where they're counting different color cars. Uh, and I was like, hey, I'll try that with my, my oldest. He was probably six at the five or six at the time. So I took him in town with me and, uh, we stopped at Taco Bell and like got a, you know, just a couple quick things, you know, and, that, uh, and we sat on the, I had a tonneau cover on my truck and I purposely backed it into the parking lot where we could see the road. Uh, and so we sat on the tonneau cover, you know, eating, you know, like a, just a quick taco and had a drink and we were counting like I picked what color car I was going to count and he was going to, he picked his collar and he ended up beating me. Um, but I, he talked about that 
forever. And then we'd be driving down the road randomly other days and he'd just start counting his caller car again and we just pick it up. You know, it's just a small things that, you know, made, made a huge impact on him and something he's, he still remembers to this day. Um, and I think there's, because we're in a, such an information overload, I feel that we naturally want to think of something complicated because we see other people maybe doing big things. Um, But man, that moment that you just described, I have those moments with my daughter and my son that they'd remember the craziest moment that we've done. Um, And it's just crazy of how that comes back up. Like out of nowhere, two years later, they're like, talk about it. And it's like, really, that's what you remember. But those are, the moments that they take with them and as they, yeah. as the memories that go on, it's not the extra cartoon. It's not the extra Paw Patrol. Oh no. It's the silly counting cars eating a taco. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so my five-year-old is talking about baseball. Uh, I mean, he, he is super excited about this season. He's kind of nervous, you know, cause like, what if I don't know everything, but you know, the, the time change, which doesn't actually happen over here, but the days are getting shorter. So uh, it's getting dark outside much faster and to keep, you know, you know, my son and, and me out of trouble with my wife, uh, cause I wanted to, you know, practice some skills with him. I actually got a wiffle ball and we'll practice. I'll throw grounders to him in the hallway of our house. Uh, and we'll play catch, you know, if we hit the wall or something like that, no big deal. It doesn't actually do any damage, but it, he looks forward to practicing with me and I'll make games out of it and everything. Like if it gets past him, it hits the door you know, he, he loses points or he's got to do like a quick sprint up and down the hallway or something. And it's simple stuff like that. You don't need, you know, anything extravagant to make such an impact on your kids, which is great. So you, you see it, you see everything on Instagram and people's perfect lives on there. And, and you try to keep up with the Joneses, you're going to be spinning your wheels uh, because they're, what they're not posting are the imperfect or imperfect things that are going on in their lives, but that we all face. Yeah. Even the water parks. I remember like two years ago trying to think, do we go to a water park? Do we not go to a water park? Which water park we pick? And I ultimately picked, they're not going to want a big water park. And yep. so I'm just going to waste a bunch of money. So we found a Holiday Inn that had this like pirate ship yeah. inside of it. And we went there for like three years in a row. And yep. it was the perfect place. And they talk about it still to this day of yeah. th- that silly pirate ship. And it, it, it's, it's, it's a, Good mind. It's something to good to be mindful. I'm always more mindful of it these days of like, is yeah. this really something they want or is this just me inflating it? Even going to the, the silly library is something that they love. Yeah. It's like, can we go to the library? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I really enjoy running now. I never really used to, but, um, so one thing I started doing, uh, is on my run route. If I come past a flower bush, like wildflowers or anything, my daughter is obsessed with flowers. I'll pick like a couple quick flowers, take it home with me off my run, and I come in and like the, her face just lights up when I hand her these little flowers. So, you know, oh yeah, that's definitely something she's gonna yeah, remember. Absolutely, her, her boyfriend's so. gonna be screwed because the day he comes <laughs> home without flowers, oh, yeah. where's my flowers? Setting him up for failure, I guess. Yeah. So, or maybe you can give him a hint that first day, yeah. or that first dance. Make sure you have flowers. If, if he's the type of guy I want her to be yeah. around, of course. If not, you know, that's a quick way out. If you don't, just we're ta- don't give him that advice. Yeah, we're talking like 40 years from now. So, yeah, I don't have to really worry about that for too much longer. So, when Your kids are 30. What do you want them to remember and say to their friends about you? What do, they want, what do you want them to brag about? My dad was this when they were 30. <laughs> Almost some self-reflection on that question. You know, I kind of asked, well, what do I treasure the most about my dad? And 
what I really, uh, my dad was a hard worker. Uh, he would get up at like three thirty four in the morning, every morning to, to do the farm chores and then get to work and then staying up, you know, nine or 10, 11 o'clock at night, getting other things done. And, you know, but what I remember the most, like he was always at every one of our games, like he do whatever he had to, to come to one of our games. And, you know, in the military, that's extremely tough. Uh, and there's been times where I've had to miss a practice or, or even a game at, at times, but I want the, the principle of that is just being present and, and doing everything you possibly can to be as present as often as you can. So that's what I want my kids to remember me is, is I fight to, to spend as much time with them as I possibly can. So that with that comes sacrifice. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, we were, we were talking earlier. I don't go golfing all the time anymore. You know, I, I love golf, but you know, at, at the stage, my kids aren't really at that age. They can do that. So I put that on the back burner and yeah, I don't have a handicap of negative three. So, or, or handicap of three. Um, but to me, that's Tiger still worth it. Just have to wait. I, you know, until I'm 60 and then I can become a master of course. No, but, but there's, but doing that, even though I'm sacrificing, let's say golf, for example, there are other things I enjoy that I can incorporate my kids in, you know, whether it's, you know, hunting or fishing. I, you know, I, I enjoy doing those things. So I'll take my kids with me and, and, you know, so I, I love homesteading. So gardening, you better believe I'm getting my kids out there and we'll, we'll make games out of planting, you know, vegetables and stuff, you know, and, and, uh, so sacrificing in certain arenas, but then picking up other things that my kids can enjoy with me. And then you can teach them life lessons along the way with some of the, so many of those things. And the questions so. they ask are always stuff that you don't even think about, but these are the ones that they're <laughs> trying to fill in the gaps in. Even Marine Corps pushups. I remember I can, now I'll do a couple pushups in the living room and they, they love joining. And so like you can oh, yeah. even fitness something you're like, Oh, I don't have the time, but it's really, if you make time to make it together, you can actually teach yeah. them how to incorporate fitness in their life and have it as be something that's natural in their life versus something that they have to figure out when they're 30 of how to incorporate. Exactly. And, you, know, you mentioned that, but you know, I just recently got into running and uh, during some of my training, because uh, I just did a trail fest uh, through vacation races, which I highly recommend. It was a great time. But while I was training, my, my, my oldest son started picking up on running and he'd asked if I could, you know, he could do a run with me. And of course, you know, he can't keep up with my pace and go nearly as long. So what I would do is I'd go out and do my regular run and then come back and have a little bit left in my tank. And I'd take him for like a mile, maybe two miles, uh, slowing my pace down so that he could keep up and encouraging him and teaching him how to do a pace. Well, we signed up for a 5k together and I ran with him and he ended up taking second place in his age division and I mean, he was on cloud nine. Like they called his name to go get his you know, red ribbon. And I mean, he could have won a million dollars and he was just as happy. Uh, and so, and then of course my middle son started seeing his older brother doing it and me. And so he wanted to go on runs with me and we go on shorter runs with him. And yeah, you just, and, and how much does it cost to go running? You know, people Nothing. do barefoot, people do barefoot running. So if you're saying I can't afford the, the fancy tennis shoes, your excuse is gone. People go barefoot running if they have to. So, you know, it's, you don't have to, to make a million dollars to go buy fancy running shoes. Just get out there and go run with your kids. They, they have a lot of energy. And I think the more that you can burn their energy, I think you can take care of some of the, uh, the problems and issues. Uh, if you keep them cooped up, yeah, they're going to have some, some issues. So let them burn off some of that energy. 
that reminds me of a podcast with uh, an ex-Navy SEAL, um, Larry Yatch, and he talks about when the growth mindset um, that you always want to keep growing. But as a child, parents often get this backwards that we reward what they result of what they achieved and not the yeah. effort. And when yeah. you reward the effort or the result, they often, they get excited about that. But with the next time they level up, they're going to be defeated because they no longer get that same result and they think that they're a failure. So focusing yeah. on always rewarding the effort, like you did a good job. And even if you didn't, you got fifth, sixth, whatever, reward the effort allows them to keep moving. That result is a tricky one that gets them in a bag of mixed emotions about what happens when they don't succeed in the same fashion that you rewarded last time. That's a really good point. I hadn't heard that, but that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. It's not, what do they say? It's not necessarily the destination. It's the journey. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the results great. aren't going to what you measure your life by. It's the effort that you put into it. <laughs> I even remember sitting, teaching my daughter a game. We were, I don't remember what game we were playing, maybe Candyland, and she lost. And I remember telling, it doesn't matter who wins these games. It doesn't matter who nope. tries the hardest. And that's yep. the only way you need to measure whether you won or lost is whether who tried the hardest in that game. And she yep. remembers that even to this day, she'll bring it up. Exactly. You only lose when you quit. You know, if she were never to play that game again, then yeah, that, that would be a loss. So get up and get and try it again. As a dad, what was your scariest moment and what did this moment teach you and how did it enable you to grow as a dad? So it's not necessarily my scariest moment, but, you know, and just thinking of, you know, there was a, a friend of mine went to a retirement ceremony for the general. And, you know, when he got up to, to do his speech, he had mentioned how one of his biggest regrets throughout his military career was that he never knew his children. You know, he never knew his children. You know, his career always took precedence. And it wasn't until his son had joined the Marine Corps that he actually got to know his son. They were able to get on that same vocabulary, to speak the same language. And then he actually got to know his son then. And to me, that, that, that hit me hard. Like, I don't, I don't want to neglect my family to, to pursue a career. Now, grant, you know, the military obviously is, is extremely important to the security of this nation. So, you know, it's something that I take seriously and I work hard at, but I don't want to put my family on the back burner solely for a career. So, you know, I, I do my best to balance. Um, and it's, it is a balancing act. I don't know that there's necessarily a work-life balance. It's more like balance, a uh, work-life balancing act. Uh, so at that times there are certain seasons where I'm, I, I'm busy at work. And, and, but there's other times where it's not as busy. Yeah, we're, we're actually what they call no work November, you know, with the Marine Corps ball, the veterans day, you know, Thanksgiving, there's a lot of holidays in there. Um, so during this period, you know, work kind of slows down. So you can take that time to really pour back in your family and, and uh, spend time, you know, and it's, you know, and, and then again, you know, on the weekends, I could spend those going out golfing and taking up the entire day of golfing or, or kayak fishing by myself Instead, I, I would rather uh, be with my family, be with my kids, and incorporate them in some of the things. And but there are times where it's good for us to get away uh, and reconnect with you know with other guys. You know, I went on my run this morning with a with a friend that I met out here, and so that was good because you can grow and take the, you know the conversations that you have, take them home and, and put them to practice. So you know, there's again, it's a balancing act. Being on the other side of transitioning and you're still active and being out for me being out, I think one of the things that men f lose the most in that transition is reality of what tribes mean to us. 
And I've heard it explained best that for men on this earth for 2,000 years lived in tribes. We hunted, we gathered, we fought, we learned, we grew together as a tribe. And only in the last 100 years did we somehow think we were smart enough to beat evolution. And in reality, it, men need to survive in tribes. We need that tribe to grow, to, to hold things up sometimes. I use uh, colloism reflecting on the Marine Corps. In the Marine Corps, we have a motto, if you, don't have enough, if you can't lift it, you just don't have enough Marines trying. And yeah. I think about that as life in tribes, that if you, don't have some, if you have something so big in your life that you can't lift by yourself, that just means you don't have enough men or Marines trying to lift it with you. And that's why you need those tribes is because on that run, if you had a bad day and you needed to let something go, that other Marine that you were running with was going to carry a little piece of that with you. And it was going to be that much lighter. And you were going to be like, I made it. I made it to the end because you had other men in your life to lift with it. I like what you also said about seasons, the thinking about the seasons. And I think about that very often. Now I've reflected on that this year of many things in life. We try to do everything now, but you, if you ask, is this the right season of my life to do that? The answer, it quickly comes to yourself, usually no. Like golfing, there's no reason why in your retirement you can't have the negative three that you want every yeah. day. <laughs> this is a different season of life. While you would like that now when you're able and young, but it's a different season and you need to make an impact in a different area. Yeah, absolutely. And even taking the, you know, the, the seasons and kind of that balancing act and on a micro scale, uh, Zig Ziglar, lo I love the guy. Uh, he's got his analogy of the wheel of life, I believe is what he calls it. But uh, each spoke within that wheel represents different things like spirituality, family, career, uh, phys physical fitness, and the list goes on. But he's talking about uh, if you pour so much into one spoke and neglect uh, the other spokes, your wheel is going to be out of balance. So, for example, uh, if I pour so much, pour everything I possibly have into my career and I neglect physical fitness and I neglect my family. So eventually that, you know, pouring too much in my career is going to cause me to you know, ne neglect, you know, going to working out. So then I'm going to have to start having health issues and then I might start having marital issues or, or troubles with my kids or something. And guess what that's going to do? That's going to take away from what you held so precious to you, which was your career. And you can apply that so many other ways you could do, you could do the opposite. Spent so much time with my family that I neglected my career. Well, guess what? Now you just got fired. Now you're having money problems. And the number one, you know, you know, cause of divorce is, is money fights, money problems. So it's all about, you know, finding that balance at certain, certain seasons, you're going to have to pour more emphasis on others, but being able to recognize when you need to rebalance and, and, and pour back into those other spokes. So I, I think that's a great analogy. I love that I've one. I remember when I that. figured that one out myself that I, I can, I thought I've took in my head like a flat tire. And when you, yeah. real, when you don't realize your, your, your wheel of life has a flat tire, you can, every day you feel something's off and you just don't know what. And then the day yep. you're like, oh my God, I got a flat tire on my wheel. And what I realized was it was compensate. I was compensating. So like what, whatever was negative in the wheel, I was reacting and drawing from other areas more yep. than was was required and in many cases doing detriment to different things and it was just compensating when your wash machine gets out of balance you try to do other things to keep it in balance instead of trying to focus on the part of your life yep, absolutely fixing the balance. symptom rather than the problem we kind of touched on this already but i'll give you a chance to answer what do you want your family's legacy to be what what do you want people to say when they when they hear the houston name what do they want what kind of words do you want people to describe you and your kids and your family 
so I'm always constantly uh, telling my kids, and we, and we incorporated this into our prayer as well as a family, but we want to be an encouragement to others. Uh, and I don't want our family to be selfish. You know, we've, uh, you know, we, we went through Dave Ramsey's program and, and paid off an immense amount of debt in a short amount of period. You know, we poured into that. Uh, and through it, I guess the reason why we did that, which kept us motivated and kept us focused on that goal is because we want to leave a legacy where we are helping other people, uh, to be able to give to other people, uh, is, is one of the greatest gifts that you could ever receive. You know, seeing a, a, a needy family that, that you, you've been able to impact, even if it's anonymously, sometimes that's the greatest thing, looking, you know, contributing to someone and seeing how much it's affected them and helped them. That's one of the greatest gifts. So I'm trying to teach my kids uh, the importance of helping others, being an encouragement to others, and not being selfish. Uh, I guess that would be the legacy that I want our family to have. I love that. And recently I heard a speech, uh, it was called Be the Rainbow to Someone's Storm. And uh, yeah. rainbows only come after storms. And so I used this yeah. analogy to my daughter and I was like, and I was trying to teach her kindness, which she understands, but this one really has sunk in. Like every day she'll talk about, I gave away three rainbows and she'll find people nice. that are having a storm and she'll, uh, she'll be the rainbow and do something kind. And it's really silly stuff for like kids. It's not that impactful, but she describes it as being the rainbow. And that is huge. And yeah. like every day she's talked about like, oh, I gave away three rainbows. And the other day she said she gave away a double rainbow. <laughs> so like somehow nice. this rainbow analogy is breaking through the kid mentality and quickly because they, they love rainbows. So they understand yeah. what they do and they, they, they hate storms. So they yeah. understand the power of a rainbow. And I've really enjoyed hearing the stories every day about what she's been doing at school with the. Being I'm going to incorporate that. I like that. That's Be really, the rainbow really to good. someone's storm. That is really good. I'm and gonna, even the I'm pot gonna... of gold is actually is the person that's giving the rainbow. They're the pot of gold. You can never find nice. your own gold. It's actually someone else bringing it to you. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. What do you think the biggest difference in the dad you are today versus five years ago? Uh, well, five years ago, I only had one son. Uh, and so now we've added, added to our uh, little family. And I think learning how to balance enough quality time, of, you know, amongst all of my children and not focusing only on my, my oldest son or my, my youngest daughter, but being able to, to pour into each of their lives and even doing something simple where uh, I spend, you know, take, take one, like I said, I took my kids, to, one of my kids to Taco Bell, you know, since we've been in Okinawa, I took, you know, one of my son's, uh, to one of the Japanese malls and we went and ate at a Mr. Donut together. And that was the biggest, like he kept talking and talking and talking about that. Uh, and next on my list is to take my daughter uh, to the botanical gardens, which I think you introduced me to, but like I, I said, think that loves, was our first road trip together. Or our first field I, trip. I think it was. I still I got our crazy was. picture next to the, uh, with the, with the glasses. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about that one. Uh, but yeah, so being able to, to spread load the love, um, but then also, I guess, not necessarily with that, but with my wife, uh, understanding the importance that my children need to see that I love my wife. Um, and, and a lot of people can get that out of whack, but I, I honestly, and I went through a course when we were in Corpus Christi, children thrive when they see that their mom and dad are a cohesive unit working together and love each other. They actually thrive under that environment. But when there's insecurities, like they don't see their, their, their mom and dad loving each other, a lot of. Uh, problematic issues can come up from that 
and stem from they just they want to they want to know that everything is okay between mom and dad and when when that environment is fostered and it's apparent every day of their lives that's when they thrive so we we know in order to be more effective dads we need to be effective husbands that's extremely important and it's it's very tough you know we we have a hectic uh job that we have to do and then come home and uh and then we got to pour into our families but i mean that's that's why we have broad shoulders so and that and then again what you mentioned that's why we have tribes you know other other guys that we can go to with struggles you know when we need encouragement uh that's if you if you you know you're i've heard a saying in the, in the real estate investing you know realm that i'm in your net worth is in your network so if it, the the people that you're hanging out with, the guys that you're hanging, are they building you up, or are they tearing you know tearing you down? You know, with a negative talk and and just they're not you know bringing any positive influences in your life. So, yeah, I, I believe that's key. That leads this into our next question: For other dads looking to come home to their marriage, what advice would you give? So again, uh, what I kind of led off with was that that but that's and I'm I'm guilty of it and I, I'm. You know, I'm a, I'm a hypocrite at times when I was talking about this, but and I need to continue to work on it. Is put that smartphone down. You know, don't don't let that steal time away from your your spouse, from your kids. Um, you know, <laughs> you have the you know for us, we we homeschool actually. So my wife uh, doesn't really get a lot of adult conversations throughout the day. It's a lot of the children, you know, childrenisms, if that's what you would call. You know, a lot of the why questions and you know, and dealing with, you know, bickering back and forth between the siblings, you know, which is, is going to happen. So for me to not give her a chance to do an adult conversation, if I'm just, I've got my nose on my smartphone, that's neglecting her. So for coming home for me, I, you know, I purposely make time to sit down with her. And one of the things that we heard through that course, I kind of mentioned before the parenting course and the children thriving with a mom and dad or a cohesive unit, they mentioned a, a concept of couch time where the mom and dad, uh, it can be some, it could be anything, but in this case, so sitting literally on a couch and talking about each other's day with each other and the kids are awake. It's not putting the kids to bed. So the distractions are away. like the kids need to see this, that mom and dad are talking. This is not a time to interrupt them unless it's with a, with a corpsman say life, limb or eyesight. You know, if someone, if someone, if, if a kid's put their hand in a blender or their garbage disposal, yes, come get us. Uh, but you know, <clears throat> the small things, do not interrupt us. This is mommy, daddy time. This is, you know, our time to be a husband and wife. Um, so having that intentional time with your spouse is, is key to, you know, family cohesiveness. I, I love that. And I think your perspective would be good for the, the audience of, I've heard that you never need to, you never can stop dating your wife. That the moment you stop dating your wife is the day you start taking that treachery road to somewhere where you don't want to be. Yeah. And as a busy, busy military family, what are ways that you've continued to date your wife? So, again, going back to what you talked about, we try to do excavating things with our kids. You know, it doesn't even have to be that with your wife. So, you know, granted, it's nice to do that every once in a while, um, <clears throat> but we'll put you know sometimes as simple as putting the kids to bed. And we break out the deck of cards and we'll just play some card games, you know, where it's face-to-face time. And I was actually listening to a podcast today. Uh, it's actually a farming podcast, but they were bringing up, you know, in the off season of the farming when I, you know, the seasons where it gets a little bit lighter on the work level. Uh, one of the farmers likes to break out board games and they'll play these board games. And it kind of, you know, 
re-sparked uh, the interest in getting board games to back out and playing with my wife at the, at the end of the day after the kids have gone to bed. And we can consider that a date night. You're, you're just spending quality time face-to-face, you know. Every, you know, movies are great every once in a while, but I just talked to my wife today that I want to get away from binge-watching, you know. You know, we like The Office, but uh, it's easy to get into those things. But what are you doing? You're not really conversing. You know, you're just watching something together. You're not growing together, really. Yeah, sure, you're sharing a laugh, which is important. But uh, And my wife has mentioned times where she just loves to go to, you know, we'd go to some baseball games or something like that together. And it's, it's times where you can just sit and talk. Yeah, you're watching a game, but you can sit and talk through a game. Um, mm. So it's just doing those small things. You know, we like card games. I'm going to get our family back into board games. And, uh, yeah. So there's some and I think knowing some your wife's love language is critical to those decisions as well. Of yeah. Knowing where to put the time. Of. Um, sounds like yours is quality time or yeah, quality time. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember all five of them. I know touch is one of them and yeah, it's a good book. I, I obviously need to freshen back up on that one. <laughs> and freshing back up on the military edition recently. Is, hey, there uh, you go. Nice. I read nice. the first one for, for, and then I saw this military one and I was like, I think it's time to bring it up. There you go. What is a resource or a book you would recommend to other military veterans, dads and why? So when I was uh, stationed in Maryland, our commanding officer had a previous contact that he, he'd worked with, I think in the Pentagon, uh, but a, a retired Lieutenant Colonel named Danny White wrote a book called uh, Widower's Walk. So there's the cover right there. And so he came to do a public speech and, and the book is, is an autobiography of a uh, season in his life. He's Marine Corps, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, like I've mentioned, but, uh, extremely uh, short synopsis. He was PCSing with his family from California to Missouri. And during that road trip, he was in the U-Haul, his wife and his pregnant wife and his kid was uh, in the car in their POV behind him. He looked in the rear view mirror in time to see her veer off the road, her car flipped and uh, he lost his pregnant wife and his oldest son who was I think five or seven years old, something like that. And you know, his, his life changed just like that. And in his book, he goes into detail about, you know, basically being a workaholic. You know, yes, our, our mission's important, uh, and he would work hard during that, but he said he would go above and beyond what was actually absolutely needed just in the name of doing work and doing, you know, exceptionally, you know, above and beyond what other people were doing. And so he talks about his journey of learning how fragile life is and, and you know, maintaining a, a better balance between your career and your family and pouring in your family. So a really good book, highly recommend him. I actually recommend him for your podcast at some point. I'll try to work some connections. I know the people that know him. So uh, I think he'd be a great, uh, a great person for you to interview for this podcast. Cause I, I learned a lot. I, I was actually uh, able to speak to him one-on-one afterwards about his book. And, and cause I was struggling with that at times, you know, letting the career get in front of my family. Um, I'm sure now you struggle even just PCSing yourself even. You know, you're oh, yeah. a PCSer in the U-Haul yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah. I, I joke that uh, Dave Ramsey and Diddy Moves got us out of debt because uh, we made a lot of money during that time that we put right on our debt. But, yeah, there were times we were a little little nervous. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, a great book, a uh, great point of contact. I'll try to put you in contact because I know your listeners would definitely benefit from him. Well, thank you for the share and thank you for coming on for the show. I've really loved catching up. It was just like old times. We really haven't seen face to face for, I think almost two and a half years since I 
caught up with you in Corpus Christi for yeah, Corpus an Christi, afternoon uh, smoker. I was going to ask you how do you, how do you smoke in beef of Okinawa now? Did you were you able to PCS your egg? So I did not PCS with my big green egg. I didn't want to take a chance on the movers shattering a ceramic grill, which was very expensive. I did bring my electric smoker, and I actually have a Boston Bud on right now that I'm smoking for pulled pork for our sloppy nachos in celebration of the Ohio State University beating Michigan tonight, which I have to watch at 2 a.m., and I'm pulling an all-nighter. So that's how dedicated I am. Nice. Bet you don't miss those nighttime football games. No, nah, not necessarily, but you know, you, could, you do what you got to do. You were always a diehard sports fan, especially <laughs> the Ohio State fan as well. And yeah, now you that you went right. to school there, it's even more ingrained into your blood. Yeah, I, I can't get away. I bleed harder than gray. Well, Kyle, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate spending the time with you. Absolutely, Ben. It's an absolute pleasure. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to learning from your other lists or your other podcasts as well. This is a great topic. It's very important. And uh, I wish you good luck. And, yeah, uh, stay in contact. That's a wrap. And thank you for listening to today's show, and I really hope you enjoyed it. The lifeblood of any new podcast are the reviews. If you haven't reviewed the podcast yet on iTunes, I would really appreciate it, and you will help us get the message out to even more military veteran dads. As John Maxwell says, if there is hope in the future, there is power in the present. Dads, it's time to come home.